0: Welcome to Whisking It All with your host, Angelus Spazito, co-founder of Whisk.ai, a food and beverage intelligence platform. We're going to be interviewing hospitality professionals around the world to really understand how they do what they do. Welcome back to Whisking It All. We're here today with David. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, so I'm going to let him do it. David from Pos Myr, Pos. M-Y-R-P-O-S also known as master your rush point-of-sale system David the founder and CEO thank you for being here today
1: no well, thank you so last name is nad it has a Russian twist to it so it's not always easy
0: there you go and now, now you know why I didn't even attempt to say it <laughs> <laughs> well thanks That's for fair. being here buddy oh, it's good to see you.
1: you yeah for sure man and you know it's it's funny how we, how we went how we went from different industries and all converged into like from, from knowledge of uh, hospitality to actually working in it, to tech in it, and, you know, not trying to change it up a little. So it's kind of interesting. It,
0: yeah, it's super fun. So for those who don't know, maybe to, just to kick it off, can you just tell them a bit about what is, and, and how do you want me to refer to it? NYR, Master Your Rush? M Y
1: R. everyone says mirror and it's funny, but mirror in Russian actually means the world and, and peace, <laughs> but which is not what's happening right now. But yeah, the idea <clears throat> is that, no, it's, it's MYR. It's Master Your Rush. The, um, okay. originally was like built as peak and then it had a name like Kumi. But, um, now there's a reason why we went after the acronym MYR. So yeah, pretty much. Awesome.
0: So for those who don't know, obviously the point of sale space and the restaurant space is, is crowded. But what I think you've done really well is really found a, a specific niche. So maybe just to kick things off, tell them a bit about who or what kind of restaurants, you know, uh myr is four. and like yeah, what well, you guys do differently
1: yeah, well it was it's, it's funny is it uh, about 14 years ago so we're not 14 years old as a company we're five years old but 14 years ago i used to have a development studio and uh, anthony benda people can look up who owned cafe myriad it was the first third wave coffee shop basically in canada at the time he was the number he's the number one barista in canada number four in the world if you can believe that there are such competitions And um, he heard, he he was right next to Concordia University, downtown Montreal, so super busy all the time. And he contacted me and he said, look, um, I hear you make apps. And I I said, sure, what do you want to, like, what is it you want to build? He goes, I want a POS. I didn't understand what POS was at the time in any way, shape or form. But I said, but I heard of companies that, you know, you you hear about, and it was like Lightspeed Retailer or or Square or Shopify. And uh, his words were, they don't solve my problem in any way. So, I was, mm. so that got my attention. I was like, okay, well, what do you mean? And he goes, he goes, I make two, I make 90% of my sales in a two hour window. And the difference between me being able to sell 200 coffees or 300 coffees is all about my way of being able to input an order, take an order, being able to kind of omni channel it, if you will, and relay that information accurately and properly to different stations, drips, coffee station, barista station, all that and all in real time and make it you know lightweight anybody should be able to jump onto the onto this interface know how to use it know how to punch it in all yeah. that and so i asked him i said well wh- wh- so what is it that you want he goes well, i want what mcdonald's has <laughs> i said great but that's not available for everyone and he says right. that's exactly he goes that's the point he goes it needs to be available for everyone and so we started to build this point of sale that was just super Uh, accurately built and super specific to a workflow that was like how do I intuitively input orders as quickly and efficiently as possible with the least touch points possible, relay that information to different stations and different pieces of information so that I can move the line up as fast as possible and so we ended up building that. And slowly but surely other coffee shops started calling us saying hey we really like what you built but we like this feature that feature then eventually that you know that third wave coffee shop idea went off to food trucks and salad bars and taco shops and now and now we're in this world that where qsr is absolutely dominant um, so we built a pos that was super specific into the workflow of what is qsr today not compared to what is let's say a full service restaurant a full service restaurant doesn't deal with volume they deal with they have a rush but they're still it's all about upselling so the pos itself how you input the information is not is not slave to the speed of which you need to do it at whereas a full service restaurant needs your product whisk right back office understanding all the preparation to the service whereas something like a qsr not only does it need the back of house which is what like whisk does but also needs the front of house, which is how do I get as many orders during my window of opportunity? Right. Right. And so, and so that's what we ended up building. And so that, that because we're so hyper niche focused, we ended up looking, not trying to go blanket cover and saying a POS is a POS and it works for any kind of business. Uh, let's say, you know, LS square, it's a POS for everybody. And, And then, okay, let's not talk about that. Let's go like, talk about, just restaurants say, well, all restaurants are the same. Well, no, they're not, right? They're, com- they're completely not the same. Okay. And so we ended up very hyper-focusing on that vertical. And so that vertical, its sole purpose is top-line revenue. How do I input as many orders as I can? And so because we were so focused only on that problem, when the consumer world dictated that Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Grubhub are the way that people order, even though restaurateurs hate it, we were the first ones to be able to speak to those companies and say, we can do direct two-way integrations with you. So like we don't oh, wow. so there's no delivery, there's no chality with us, there's no orders. It's we are directly connected to all of these platforms. We are directly connected to our own order ahead application. To, so because we're controlling the number of orders that can come into our system. So we're always thinking about
0: that. Right? That's so huge. That's huge. So, and and just for context, for for you know people that might not know, I assume by by also kind of not needing these third party ordering systems, it's also probably a more efficient. But B, there's probably a cost savings. I'm assuming there's a tr- there's a cost for these third party aggregators, or I don't even know what they're called, but third party yeah. <laughs> ordering systems or.
1: Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, look, let, let, let's put it into context, right? It's nice to, I'm not, and I'm not, not knocking on them, Kubo's, Deliverac, Chali, Checkmate, uh, they're great systems. They're great systems when you're not, when there's a certain threshold of how busy you get, right? But if you get to a certain level, past that certain level, there, there are fundamental flaws into that, because what you're doing is you're horizontally scaling your technology and horizontally scaling your technology not, there's multiple things. Well, let's first talk about you're, you're paying an, an extra layer. So you're paying for a software that's an extra layer. Right. You, you are inherently during your rush, right? Like that's hence you know, coin master yeah. your rush. <laughs> um, let's say you it's a lunch rush. You have a two hour window uh, to make 90% of your sales. Something goes wrong between Uber Eats, Grubhub or DoorDash, the middleware, and your POS figure it out <laughs> you're on hold with how many different pro- platforms and now they're most likely blaming each other because that's just the way the nature of the beast and your two-hour rush is, is now done you just lost mm. a day of sales and that's that's massively that's terrible for you right as a right. Restaurateur. what what you want when 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 efficiency When, when volume and efficiency are required to be hand-to-hand direct, I just meant, I just said it volume and efficiency. That's two layers. Why would I add a third? I want vertically integrated. I want to know that this technology that I'm, that I'm leveraging to, to streamline my order flow. Well, it's two layers. (laughs) Like it's vertical, right? So, because if there's a problem, I already know that the POS or Uber Eats knows that there's a problem. I don't need to now figure out where is the problem coming from. There's a problem, one of them's gonna know what's going on. Right? right. Whereas if you bring in that middleware layer, now there's so much more,
0: so many more moving
1: parts. And and, so, and sorry, go ahead. And, no,
0: no, I was gonna say that it's a great point. And, and I'm thinking, like, for the average, you know, restaurant that you know before they start using M.Y.R., I'm envisioning the setup. Obviously, we deal with a lot of restaurants, so I've seen some of these and all these screens. But can you maybe paint the picture? So they got their POS. They might have multiple terminals. Then is it one separate screen per ordering device? So like Uber is separate. Like walk me through that because I yeah, want our, our listeners so, to just imagine. <laughs> perfect, what, perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, so if you want – actually, the best example to ever see
1: is – look, I'm not – I'm not qualifying their food. That's that's a personal taste, but I am qualifying the fact that they they are the best at what they do. McDonald's is by far top of the line. These guys have always been there because yeah. they because they can afford to. I mean, that's fundamentally what it is. Um, and if you look at if you look at if you go to a mcdonald's just go to a mcdonald's and look you will see all the tablets you will see all the uber eats the DoorDash tablets the skip tablets in canada grubhub in the states you'll see the the, um, the ritual tablet if, if they're somewhere in a, in a cosmopolitan like metro, metropolitan area those tablets are there for a reason those tablets are there not to interact with they're there to interact with when you have to example when you need more time with the drivers via uber Uber Eats is Uber Eats. Uber, the drive, Uber is still Uber. Separate company, separate piece of technology. There's a privacy issue. They don't allow the point of sale to just be able to hop over into Uber and start messing around Mm. with that. So you have the tablets when, when you need them. But the idea is you're a QSR you don't need th- those tablets because you're supposed to be able to make everything within 7 minutes or less that's the, that's the that's the dream right it's like you know your menu if you have too many SKUs, you have a problem right figure yeah. out your SKUs and that's what QSR is about be really good at very specific things and be able to output those things like if you're if you're a chicken shawarma place and you run out of chicken you got problems <laughs> like no but it's true right like you need yeah. to know what the hell you're doing whereas whisk yeah. comes in you know what you're doing but the point right. is so but the point is this I make a change in my menu. I change the price. I, up, I up it by a dollar. I forget. I do, I go on Uber Eats, I go on DoorDash and you know, I, or not even, I go on Uber Eats, I go on Grubhub and I forget to go on DoorDash. Cause maybe in my area there's less DoorDash. I forgot to make that change. Now all of a sudden I get five orders. There's a dollar difference. It's five bucks. Who's eating that? You are as a restaurateur, right? So you need a place where you can just press it. So in MYR you go into our admin panel. You set the price. You press synchronize across the board. It's done. Now, when an order comes in, it it automatically comes into to those tablets, and then they get resent into myr. Meaning, I don't have to take the order and re-enter it. Now, let's talk about human error. Let's say on average, you have three hundred orders a day if you're a really successful place. Yeah. And you have an employee or yourself punch in the order wrong who's eating that cost so do the math you just add it up you say okay well i let's just say shrinkage meaning human error shrinkage three yeah. orders a week punched in wrong i have to give something away for free do the math do that per week do that per whatever and not only that forget just the cost monetary cost but everybody i don't and this is what's funny even myself as a consumer, I order something off Uber Eats, it comes late, even if it's raining and it's traffic jam, I'm blaming the restaurant. Right? And so that review, and and that review ends Compound. up damaging. it, yeah. it compounds. It, it's like yeah. so, so what do I want? Your tech, your tech should at least your tech cannot necessarily solve for all human errors, but it could definitely minimize them.
0: Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And,
1: and and so and that's what that and so that's what it is. So something like MYR you're able to make your menu changes yourself in your system it'll publish it to all the applications and when the order comes in it automatically goes into myr there's no problems because now now you're not relying on the human intervention of forgetting to do something or re-entering something wrong
0: right 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 and it makes a ton of sense like obviously you know a bit about wisp but on the back end it's this exact same thing when it comes to data entry people Manually entering their orders or manually entering their invoices from their supplier and Ugh. one comma missing one then your cost is off your whole recipes off like, it's such a trickle effect, or just inventory counting, right? Like, did <laughs> I count, you know, like, the amount of times like one extra digit, you know, you're typing in Excel throws everything off, and then you're just spending time wondering, Did I even, is the the data accurate? And that's what I tell people sometimes. Even if it was a one for one, usually we save like 70% time. But even if it took the exact same amount of time, there's an argument to be made that on one side, you can trust the data. On the other side, you're always wondering, is this accurate? There's always that self-doubt of... A hundred
1: percent. You know, it's it's what I say. Uh, You know, I I don't, I dislike the term very much uh, big data. I care about relevant data because garbage in, garbage out. So if you can at least minimize the... Garbage, quote unquote, that goes in. Then you at least you're 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 guaranteeing that the garbage that's coming out is also the same garbage. It's not like why is this different? Like I have no idea. And then and then and then you can cause even more errors because now you have the human panic error and (laughs) compounding. It's It's all compounding problems. It's hundred percent. It's like it's like in our system. Like you know, give you an example. Like. If you, look, if you look at full service point of sales, if people look at, will say, well, why can't I use a full service POS for my QSR? Well, let, let's just look at historically what happened with McDonald's. I mean, McDonald's, I, I'm old enough, you're old enough to remember when they had the electronic cash registers. They had, they had like three colors, There's white, blue, red, and yellow buttons. And then when McDonald's decided to go to POS and they're sitting on NCR and they, they have their own OS sitting on top of the hardware, but... They looked at all the systems back there i'm not talking, i'm not talking about the the, the the ipad generation of you know lightspeeds toasts uh, touch bistros and all which are heavy less heavy metal than the systems like ncr micros uh, you know and, and major d but what did mcdonald's do at the time they looked at those systems and they said okay well these are pos's mm-hmm. but did they use them no they said they don't work for our workflow so they rebuilt it from the ground up thinking about their logic and their and their structure so the idea is that, you know, well, I, I use an analogy, all the, I use this all the time, but it, it does drive the point home. Sure. An X7, BMW and a Range Rover, they're both equally same price cars or pretty, whatever. Which one are you going to take off-road? Well, that's exactly it, because a Range Rover has been built from the ground up engineering-wise, only thinking about that. Now they're thinking about luxury and all that stuff, but it's easier to go from the bumpy roads down to the smooth sailing easy stuff than it is to go from something that's smooth sailing and figure out how to make it so that it's going to go through the you know the the the, the trauma that the engine has to go through. And so it's the same principle as what a POS for QSR is, right? And so it's not it's not evident when you are, don't have a certain threshold, right? And, and we know this, right? If it, It's like, we have that problem, like S, SMBs will call, I'm sure you have the same problem, and SMB will call and say, well, and I'm going from a cash register to, what's the difference between you and Toast? And uh, it doesn't matter what platform, it's irrelevant. And yeah. you, you, know, you say, well, you say how many, how many, you know, how many orders you make a day? Oh, I don't know, 20 orders. Well, it doesn't really matter. You right. can stick to your electronic cash register. No, but I want something cloud-based so that I could, do it at home and calculate the stuff at home at the end of the day okay well that's cool yeah. and that's great but where it really starts to make sense is that as soon as you get into a qsr that now starts thinking about multiplying multiple locations end up franchising etc that's where we stand up. that's where we end up thinking about it because when you deal with Q, when you deal with a full service restaurant normally unless you're already a chain like houston's or texas grill or whatever you're thinking about your one location and you want it to become a staple, right? You don't want it to just shut down after 25 years. We've seen those in Montreal (laughs) many times, right? So you don't think about multi-location, you don't think about those problems. And so the POS that caters to that niche won't think about the pain points that'll happen afterwards. But when you, when we started as QSR, All of a sudden, our QSRs are calling and saying, hey, I have five locations now, and I want to be able to manage it under under one roof. Mm. I want one login. I want to have all real-time reporting. I want granular menu management. And we're like, well, yeah, obviously, because that's our bread and butter, and that's our niche. So we started to build franchise panels and and multi-location management and granular management, real-time reporting and all that stuff because suddenly we were no longer having conversations just with the individual QSR location. Right. We were having simultaneous conversations with franchisors head office. And so now we're solving pain points in two places right. at the same time. And right. that's that's what makes us become very sticky. Like much of what I've seen with WISC, yeah. now that you guys are touching QSR, yeah. you're realizing that there's a whole
0: other world. Yeah of problems yeah a whole other world and and honestly even like we've been getting more into QSRs ever since we launched food but just in general even if we just look at groups when or franchises yeah it's it's the same thing it's like you said it's solving that initial problem but then once they're in 10 locations 15 locations it's they want to do the recipes once and push them across all locations or they want to have the same inventory items so they can compare chicken from location A to location B so same skew so you start getting to the specific and same thing one login and you'd be surprised some of our competitors I didn't even know this until these groups came to us and they're like oh I'm tired of logging in and out of my account like what do you mean you have 10 logins yeah you have a login for so things we kind of take for granted because like you said you built it from the ground up but you realize a lot of other companies have that technical debt where it's it's hard to change after you've been doing you a 100 100 it's like you know if you
1: i use i use the medical world as an example it's like there's a reason why the apple watch is not met a medical considered a medical device and on their website they'll say something like we we measure something like an ecg because if they said if they didn't have the word like then they would have to become iso 1345 certified <laughs> which means that they would have to go all the way back and rebuild so it's not obvious they like, a lot of people you know i have that question all the time well you know when i used to have a web studio like hey how much to build Facebook? I'm like, or how long? I'm like, well, how long have they existed for? Yeah. <laughs> it's as long as they've been around, right? right? It's like you can't just build it overnight. It's it's and it's fascinating. It's it's hard because I think in tech it's very, it's very difficult to people that aren't in tech don't appreciate like they say, well it's just a button. Well, and you know, it's like, well, it's not just a button. It's like think about Google. Yeah, it's just a search bar. But I mean, everyone can appreciate the level of complexity behind that statement. It's like, if you're, you know, you want to build a house, you're like, all right, build a house, everyone. And I guarantee you that I only want bathrooms on the right side of the house. And then when they're, when they're like putting up the splash and they're, they're already like mopping up the, the floors and you're like, you know what? I want a bathroom on the left side of the house. Like, can you imagine what they would have to do? They have to dismantle everything, run pipes, and then rebuild. Yeah. It's like it's the same principle with code. It's just you don't see it. Yeah. So it's hard to c- comprehend that, right? Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, that's why dealing with what, what we're, like, fundamentally on. It's like, we're so focused on QSRs that when the landscape changes, which it is, and it's dictated based on four things, real estate prices are going up, food costs are going up, wage costs are going up, and the consumers are getting either more lazy or want it faster, cheaper, better, Yeah, right? Which technology do you think is gonna be able to adapt itself quicker or be more agile? The one that has been built, purpose-built for that mindset or the one that's gonna duct tape itself And then what happens when a duct tape itself, you're going to send a rocket into space on duct tape and then you're going to make it to the stratosphere, right? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's going to fall apart. <laughs> nah,
0: and yeah, to be clear, like, yeah, like WISC has technical debt. Everyone has technical debt, but it's how far ahead can you get? And I think with WISC one thing I got to give credit to, to Chip, my, my, my co-founder and CTO I love Chip. <laughs> is he, he, he always does think ahead and doing things now that we don't really need to do now. And we can, Be reinvesting it, but he's doing that investment now because he sees what's going to happen in a year or what's going to happen in two years from now. So it's getting ahead of it. Where I think you know the older school mentality was maybe like just clients, 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 but then the tech becomes kind of obsolete and it's very hard slash impossible to build on top. It's almost like you got to restart from scratch, right? Well,
1: you either restart or you either restart or you you know you bind your people in with super heavy contracts or whatever it is right. but, mm-hmm. but 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 though but times are changing and people are you know it, it, it's not it's not to negate it's not to negate enterprise-based systems there's a reason why they were there you know that again they were built in a time where the workflow allowed to build like that now it, it, i mean you know not nah, not to you know, the cloud it's not in the cloud anymore it's like you know we used to have we used to have uh, you know a software as a service. Now you have websites as a service. Now you have hosting as a service. Right. You get, everything is as a service. Everything is like based on what you need when you need it, not based on I got to be locked in onto this contract for three years and that's it. It's like no, I I need a loyalty program right now. Right. I don't like. Why isn't it? Why? Why don't I have it? I need it right now. Yeah. Right. And so yeah, yeah. and that and that's the reality. It's like oh well you don't want it. Fantastic. Well I got this POS that does it that can just connect to another one and uh, you know it's 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 such a different world yeah so you know it's it's to say it's great for us because and great for yourselves as well because it's like we're the new generation of thinking um i think that like you know like it's it's important to build and think about how you can expand but it's also very difficult to be no, know when not to just start coding because it's super easy to just start coding. <laughs> but it, so yeah let's just code it. it But it's okay you spent three months and then it's like you were tr- you were working towards a trend not an actual change mm. right and look we all saw it the biggest example that I can think is Sunday and doordash during the pandemic oh my god sales are so easy no, no, no. because it's a it's a trend all of a sudden so like, well everything reopened and everyone went back to eating in full-service restaurants so all of a sudden that just yeah. dropped. I don't, want to, I don't want to have to scan a QR code to pay my bill. <laughs> I, I want a server to come and, you know, and, and say, hi, how was your meal? Like, I, that's what it's about, right? It's not. And so it's very it's very difficult to, you got to be very careful in what you do. And so, you know, it's examples. It's like, I we have this. We have like, we have franchises that would come to us and say, well, we need this. And I, we'd look at it and analyze it and say, that doesn't that doesn't sound right. Mm. It doesn't sound right. We don't see, like, give it an anecdote. We had a loyalty program, uh, not antiquated, but an old school loyalty program, a big one. Say, okay, we want to integrate with you guys. And they're like, we want to make sure, and they told the franchise, they're like, we want to be able to have people sign up uh, via the app. And I'm like, great. And at the POS. I'm like, what do you mean at the POS? They're like, at the cash. I'm like, have you been to one of these, one of the locations? (laughs) They're like, no. I'm like, they have lineups out the door. So they go, so? I said, okay. So I said, let's play it out. Hi, welcome to so-and-so brand yeah would you like to sign up for loyalty what's loyalty
0: <laughs> what
1: do you mean sir what do you mean what's loyalty just give me your name phone number name uh, your name phone number and email we'll sign you up why do you want that information and i say do you want me to continue with the the anecdotal mm-hmm. uh, i got a lineup behind the door exactly you want me to do that or do you want me to just say scan this qr code sign up and come back later yeah
0: yeah, it's funny. the kind of things. Yeah, it's true. It's when rubber hits the road, it, it's um, the parallel, I think, on the WIS side is sometimes people will say, oh, yeah, but this other system does all these things. Or sometimes even, oh, but my POS does inventory. And it's like, look, there's a reason WIS exists and integrates with these POSs. And it's once you're in it and you're doing the inventory, it's all the nuances that matter. It's like, oops, understand. the app doesn't work offline and I'm in the basement or in a fridge or like, oops, um i'm 10 people doing it or oh my phone died did i just lose all my data so you kind of learn like as you're going of the real kind of things that you don't think about on paper but when you're on the ground with those restaurateurs you're like oh man that's such a i can't believe we didn't think of this or this and you start kind of improving 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 and then years later people are like oh this is great well you know, I can't take all the credit. It's great because of client feedback that we kept improving. And
1: Well, exactly. And 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 your feedback was very specific. You were able to tailor to that. That's why, that's why I'm like, yeah, we have we have an inventory module in our system, but it's like, it's for like the mom and pop that's like, I can't mm-hmm. afford the whisk. And it's like, we don't want to lose the business. But for to franchises, it's like, they're like, we'll use your inventory. Just build it out more. And I'm like, so you want me to do what whisk did for, for the last five years? You want me to just build it for in three months? Yeah, no problem. I got you. Like, no, no, you, it's better to have a bundled integration so that you know that the back of house is going to be so solid and, and, and looked at. it's like, you know, I keep using the car analogies, but it's like, look, everybody, I don't know what happened, but it's like every single car company decided to just create like the middle, the middle line, the X threes and the X ones and X twos. And then, you know, the Mercedes, meanwhile, you have Hyundai that's like we're going to have our models. And then they come out with the Genesis and like this rivals the Bentley because they figured out their manufacturing process. They figured out how to be able to do one-offs when you place the order, they figured out the niche of what it is, what makes a car difference. It's like, why is it that the Genesis can sell itself at 80,000, you know, Canadian, which is 50,000 for whoever's listening on on the States, but right. It's like, there's a reason because they realize they're like, okay, luxury, luxury if we can't figure out how to manufacture one-offs without the handmade stuff like Bentley, no one will ever be able to get there. And so it's going to be this discrepancy. Meanwhile, you, know, you got all the other car companies like, how do we make as cheap as possible? And then it's like, who cares? Yeah. It's, it's their dime a dozen. And yeah. it's the same principle. It's like, you know, which one you, which one are you going to take off-road? And so and so it's like, yeah, it's the same principle with tech and it, I think people don't That don't necessarily understand tech or don't want to take the time to appreciate tech because i didn't understand it's the the time to appreciate what it takes to build proper tech it's like there's a reason why like even yourselves at whisk you don't do scheduling at a greater at at granular level because seven shifts is doing it super well right right and if you're a franchise you know within the same city within the same let's say downtown core and you got 30 locations and you have 250 employees, and you're, they're cross-pollinating between stores, and you got scheduling and SMS. And, well, do you know how much work that's going to take to build? Seven shifts did it, so yeah. why not use them? Yeah. Because you you, it's, you can't always compare it. You can't exactly. just be like, well, yeah. so it's, it's it's. But it is difficult because budgets are budgets are an issue, right? And mm-hmm. but I think that if if companies like ourselves working with the franchises that we have can build proper like unit economics case studies. Yeah. Like properly show like, you know, like just the example of like direct integration. Well, I don't, why would I care about direct integration with Uber Eats and all that? I got, you know, yeah. other ones, middlewares. Okay. How many mistakes could happen? Three. How what's your average ticket size? 20. All right. So this pays for itself, right? So the, it's it's difficult it's not always easy to convey that message yeah I I think that I think that those that I think that the SMBs are much more difficult to explain that to yeah franchises are the new franchises not the old not the ones that are established with enterprise-based systems that have to like swap out equipment that's that's not an easy task yeah yeah right? But the up and coming ones, those are the best ones that to talk to because, you know, if they're they're in the business of selling franchises, the way that they're going to sell franchises is the same way that we're going to show to them that our technologies helps them make more money and save money. Right. Because that's fundamentally how they sell franchises. Yeah, Sign up with us, not with them. Right. right?
0: Now it makes sense. And, and it's funny because on the, I, I almost feel like on the restaurant side, there's kind of, the, and I guess most businesses, but what I've seen is like Generally, restaurants, it's a lot easier to sell, you know, a revenue-generating solution than a cost-saving solution, right? It's—it's. It's, I could tell someone, I'll save you $5,000 a month. They're like, interesting. Some, and then a promoter can come and say, I'll get you 20 clients a day. And they're like, I love it. I'm in. And it's its funny how it kind of works. But I think yeah. the one shift that we've seen, at least, is, you know, post-COVID era, at least. Um, it still feels so weird saying that. But, like, after COVID, we did find that a lot of restaurants became more cost-conscious and realized when they did have to close down or, or be at you know minimal capacity, they took those things more seriously. I mean, a lot did, but just a bigger percentage started seeing costs of goods and seeing their ordering and supplier costs and recipe costing and inventory, all these things became more important. So that was one thing that actually we've seen shift. And I think now people yep. are thinking more holistically and they're realizing, man, it's not just how do I make more top line, which is a part of it, but it's like, how do I increase those margins that, you know, at
1: well, hundred percent and not, and then, and not just that, I, I think that back a house and I, I think that the most important thing is, is exactly that it's like, you need, it's not just, you want to have a system that gives you the best, uh, top line revenue and right. have us like ours or have a system like yours that's like, Oh, it's going to help me figure out my costs. It's, it's having companies like both of us be able to bundle ourselves together. And yeah. then as you know, we discussed over time, like start to feed back the information from front to back back to front to start understanding what are the best choices to be made in order to maximize front to house and back house like great you're saving your costs on a dish that you're not even selling that much right or you don't know how to promote it as much so what's the point right what's the point of doing that Wouldn't it you know like it's it's so funny to see franchises copy each other it's so funny like we we see it every day but it's like go back to basics. Like, you know, when there, when there is a, when there is a Michelin star, and by the way, this is true. Everyone could Google this if they want. There is a Michelin star food truck in Singapore. The meal is two Canadian dollars, which is 10 cents U S because they make one thing and they Michelin star. How do you beat that? How do you beat that?
0: It's good for inventory, it's good for the sale.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you you need you need a you need an iPhone eleven and a calculator and you're good to go, right? That's awesome. but but you know, it's like you gotta so but knowing that being able to have front end tools that can tell can suggest based on sales frontline what you should try, mm-hmm. being able to at this, this at the same time query your back end and say is this is this really the item that I want to be the one pushing even though even if I sell 10 of them more what are my margins going to be at the end or if I get if I made more margins on this on the wagyu steak that I'm bringing in to make wagyu burgers but I'm only selling two right but if you don't have the right systems that can tell you accurately the back of house and accurately the front of house that are working together right. much like we are now yeah you're still going to have to figure out and have an Excel spreadsheet and be like, okay, what, yeah. what, what what's happening here? Yeah.
0: Right? No, that's fair. And so th-
1: that's where the technology becomes interesting.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. And like, you know, we've spoken about some of these things, but yeah, just futuristically, you know, we think about predictive and maybe price elasticity and, you know, having certain margins on certain dishes and based on the invoices being scanned, you know, from suppliers on the WIS side, adjusting the price on the MYR side. So th- there's this whole kind of, concept of just giving an experience that doesn't even exist yet. Right? No, um, it
1: doesn't. It doesn't. Okay.
0: I mean, uh, we were talking about it again, you know, I, I, I
1: can't wait to get into like, I hate buzzwords, but like true BI, because like, you know, like what we have, like your, you, what you have as data is B to B, but like the, from the suppliers. So B to B Yeah, we have B to B to C, which right. is like, we know the their customers and where they're going. Like, Eventually, you know, then that's where we want to go as a company is to be able to, and I'm sure at Whisk as well, is like to say, um, you should raise your price by 25 cents yeah. on your lattes and you won't see a dip in sales at all, hmm. right? And, and be able to suggest those kind of those kind of pieces of information. Yeah, um, And knowing that, you know, based on the costs of certain goods, you can, you should, you should keep your price low. Don't raise it. Don't raise it, actually. Even though the back end... Milk went up, don't raise it because all your other competitors or whatever yeah. they raised it and now they're seeing drops. There's so much value oh, to that. Yeah,
0: agreed, agreed. And I'd love to hear for like people listening, right? Maybe we have a lot of restaurateurs that listen. Can you walk through maybe some, you know? case studies you don't have to name the client but just to kind of paint the picture so a franchise is interested they're like okay wow this sounds awesome a pos that can actually help for my you know multi-venue setup and it's you know i need that that speed i need all these things cool 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 what i mean number one what does the onboarding look like what does the setup look like and then what are some kind of wins that you've seen with some of these clients to just share with our, our, our listeners?
1: Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's simple. We, we, number one is, you know, what we do is we'll obviously understand wh- what are we dealing with as a menu. So, you know, what, what is a is true QSR, is it not QSR, is it fast casual, is a food truck, whatever? We start to understand, we start to look at their current operations and see like, where can we, where can we, you know, we'll do a site analysis and see where can we shape, not necessarily cost, but let's say time. Yeah example, you're, you're, you're a pizza house. Um, and you only start making the meal after you get paid, but on a Friday you have 400, 400 orders, right? So after you get paid, so from the moment you say that'll be 1699 on average, I could take up to a minute. Okay. Well, why not send it like McDonald's does, as soon as you confirm the order while the person's paying, it's already being started in the kitchen. Mm. Why would I do that? What if the person doesn't pay me and leaves? How many times does that happen a year? We'll pay for that. Okay, Because the difference is that extra minute is 400 orders. Well, that's 400 minutes. You just saved yourself for more orders. So we do a site analysis. We'll definitely start a pilot. So we do a pilot, we'll do a pilot at least in one to two or three locations. So that not only does the local the one location understand the POS itself, but the franchisor is gonna see what they can control granularly and the real time savings of reporting and all of that. That's very important because you know, so give a context to that. One of our uh, restaurateurs' uh, franchises, Boustan, they're they're famous Love in them. Quebec. They're yeah. now expanding in Canada. Um, they they were literally they were literally making that uh, when they had thirty five locations with us. They would spend five hours a week. Their controller would spend five hours a week taking our reports, calculating royalties, and publishing invoices in, in their accounting software. They're now at 65 locations. So you can imagine how much time that would take them if we didn't build the automation of that. Wow. So the automatic, so just the savings of their of their accounting staff, the human errors that happened with that. Yeah. that, that was one thing. Um, just just by being able to to take out to take out an iPad at any time when there's a lineup out the door, and we call it a rover. So it's like a cache where you can at least go line bust. Okay. And just take an iPad. So you don't have to call us. You just grab an iPad, download our app, enter your activation key, and you go in the lineup and you start taking orders down the line. And the barista is still making orders. So uh, Dispatch Coffee saw an increase of 30%. Wow. Right off the bat, 30% of sales because because past the door, every person behind that door was a look and leave syndrome. Ah, it's busy. I'm going to go. That happens twice. Person's never coming back. It's muscle memory. Mm. So... These are those are the kind of things. the the flow of not making mistakes on orders, the savings right there, the ability to spin up and control and control granularly pricing, increased sales. So I won't mention the name of the of the franchise, yeah. but it's, it's a big burger chain it crossed into Canada. Came from the states. They chose us over NCR, which is a nice win for us. But because their locations are so dispersed in greater Canada, yeah, they're able to have very granular pricing. Hmm. So at this location, it'll be 10 cents more than that one, etc. If they're all within the same city, obviously they can't do that because right. people are going to be like, what the hell? Why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they can't, yeah, but, but they can do it when it's dispersed and they do it from their cell phone. They don't have to uh. call us, figure it, they just add new rule. This price, this location, click, 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 save, done this kind of, this kind of reactivity, mm. this kind of, this kind of, so, and not just granular, let's say, if that's kind of stuff, uh, the way it's set up. Okay. Well, I have a front facing, I have a street facing store. I need two caches, one kitchen, download iPads. And there you go. Configure it for that location. I have one food truck, no kitchen. OK, click. I don't want my items that are punched on the cash relayed to a KDS at this location. I want to have a, a rover because I'm at a festival near the food truck and I want people to I want a guy to walk around and take orders around there. Perfect. That For that location, that's the configuration. You didn't call me. You didn't call our support. It's done. And so the, these things, they save time, they save money, They save, they save precious abilities to adjust and figure out how to maximize square footage, which is what it's all about in
0: QSR. Yeah, big time. And, and, and what do you find is your sweet spot? I mean, I know it sounds like you guys are getting bigger and bigger groups. Are you finding a sweet spot right now in terms of number of locations or pretty flexible on that side?
1: So we're pretty flexible. Like uh, we, we go all the way up to, we have now one at 135, but anything from four to 20 is like a no brainer for us. Okay. Um, anything above that, it will usually already have an established system that we'll have to like work on and, you know, convinced, not convince, but analyze, explain it. why they should yeah. switch to us and, and the, 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 the work that it takes to do that, whether it's financing options, right? Cause you know, you have 60 locations, you got to buy, you know, 60 Epson printers, it's not cheap.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right? yeah. It adds up and that's just printers, right? I ain't talking yeah. about, about iPads and stuff. Right. So, so there's that legwork, but, um, but recently, you know, what's, what's fascinating is that we did QSR and now we're this close. Hopefully we'll be able to put a press release soon, but we're this close to converting a massive retail franchise in Quebec hmm. that they, they, they put our QSRs to shame the amount of volume that these guys transact. And so because, but because we connected to a barcode scanner, which people say, well, why QSR? Well, we connected to a barcode scanner because a lot of people started selling wine during COVID and lockdowns right. and uh, coffee. And so they needed a scanner. So we did it all of a sudden, because we have a franchise panel, we have granular uh, control, we have very simple, intuitive POS, we have all the integrations that people would need on inventory back, whatever it is, Yeah. all of a sudden, this retail brand is like, we are QSR. We're like, what do you mean? They're like, we're quick service retail. We're like, like, oh, I get it! So you need something simple, stupid, fast, and easy to, to manipulate. Yes, perfect. And now we're, you know, Interesting. so 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 it's it's good because because again, it's like the core. It's like you know, I always I always say horizontal versus vertical integration. Right. Apple is horizontal. They're trying to be vertical. They're iCloud and this and that. But technically, if someone made a better phone than the iPhone, someone made better AirPods than the AirPods. Someone made a better laptop than the laptop those would just disappear. So horizontally, you just start dropping. How do you destroy Google? You want to destroy the entire essence of search, the entire (laughs) essence of vertically integrated information? I don't know. It's going to be hard to do, right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. That's crazy. It's crazy. And on the retail side, you find um, same types of POS competitors and stuff, or is it a totally different when you look at retail versus, because I a little more familiar on the restaurant side, right? I don't know.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, when I go into retail space, um, so what we've seen so far is that we'll, we'll be competing against the, anybody who's using like the blanket all kind of retail. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not negating, by the way, I love Square. I think the company's phenomenal, but it's, the square POS is trying to be blanket across, like it's good for everybody. And that's fine. That's great because they're not even a POS, they're they're a payments company. That's yeah. what they are. Yeah. It's like, everyone thinks Clover is a POS. No, it's not. Clover is a payments company owned by First Data, owned by Pfizer. And the Clover is just a product. It's a necessary evil to get in the door. So, but that's a blanket all kind of system. So when we go, now that we're seeing, when we go into retail and they're using kind of a blanket all system, we we're starting to compete we would never go into like a, a Hudson's Bay or a, a Saks. Like, no, <laughs> it's like, that's a whole other animal. And then we know our place yeah. as a company. That makes
0: sense. Cool. Right? And, and so let me ask you this, uh, you know, just to kind of wrap things up, I'd love to hear number one, where do you see kind of Mir going in the future? It sounds like you guys are crushing it with franchises, growing, getting bigger and bigger groups, really tackling and and, and helping them with those, you know, hurdles and operational side. What's, what's next for, for NYR? I
1: think it's a good question. I think, I think ideally what we're trying to achieve as a company is to, is to build a, is to build a, I don't want to sound cheap when I say this, but to build an enterprise like solution at a cloud-based price. Hmm. Right. And it's, it's like, you don't need front facing to be heavy you need backup and to be heavy, like ERP integrations, And we're never, ever trying to be like, oh, we're gonna go after Oracle and NetSuite. No, they're there for a reason, Yeah, but we can tie into them. But your front facing, you don't need heavy. You don't need heavy hardware. You don't need things that people need to be trained on for three days. You need easy, stupid, lightweight, simple, uh, omni-channel, automated. And automation, when you look at true automation, it always looks like a, like a, like a ballet. It's always smooth because, because behind simplicity is a lot of complicated yeah. complexity. Agreed. Right. And, Agreed. That, and, and so if, you, but if something looks simple, but complicated, it's because it's really badly done. Yeah. And so, and, and we know those systems We and not in just in our softwares in most softwares, yeah. enterprise based platforms, because they didn't have the luxury that you and I have now, which is. You know, we don't have to think about servers. We don't have to be like, well, we have to think a little bit about servers. We have to be like, all right, we need an office and we need cages and we need power. And it's like, no, we just go on AWS and click, click, click. And it's, you know, (laughs) it's like, it's, it's a different beast. We can focus on very specific things. Yeah. And so I think that's where, I think that's where Myr is going is that we're, our goal is to be able to not beat out NCR, but I would love our company to be a contender. Be
0: hmm.
1: like, okay, you know, are we going to go with this? Are we going to go with that? I'd, lo- I'd love to sit at the table with the big, with, the, with those big companies and be like, we got there. That's because awesome. because we can't do what they do necessarily at the franchise level that they're doing and OSs allowing other companies to plug in. All, but at least be an option for some of them that can't necessarily, that ne- don't
0: necessarily want to go all that way. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think that that That's could open. be a nice place. That's awesome, and I mean, you know, we've been chit-chatting ch- a bit, and and one thing I'd love to kind of plug in here. One thing I'd love to see, so for you know, restaurateurs listening, franchises and and groups, QSRs that can really benefit of you know, top top of the line front of house. What you heard here, right, in terms of operationally integrating with your ordering systems, uh, making it easy to kind of master your rush, um, and then on the flip side, looking for that back house. David and I have been chatting, we're going to figure out a bundle for that type of clientele so they can really get something that's the best of both worlds. There's going to be kind of special bundle pricing for that. So right now, I think what we're going to do is we're going to figure out how to open it up to these franchises and really kind of do what you alluded to, David, which is some kind of case studies, understand their needs, how many locations, what are their pain points, and see how we can make it a really, really good bundle group so it's a no-brainer for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we, we got we got in it we got in it because we saw we we got in it because we saw it, like you said at the very beginning, a crowded space. It's a crowded space. Why the hell are we doing this? We're not we're not we're not we're not kamikazes <laughs> because we definitely see that there is a there is a need that's not being addressed, and and and, and we're doing it. And I think that, and that's why that's why you know thank you for having me because Whisk is since the day I saw it I was like man this these guys these guys get it they get it they they get it where they're going and that's and that's also a great. Point. It's like, do you want, if you're going to go and venture into the technology sector, do you want to have a technology company that is continuously paying attention and continuously working on its tech stack or the ones that say, this is all you need. Don't worry about it. It's like, well, I don't know, if, if, if this industry isn't evolving all the time, I do
0: want a tech stack that's evolving all the time too. Agreed, amazing. Well, David, thank you for being here today. Once again, MYR, CEO and founder, Master Your Rush, and stay tuned for the bundle between WISC and MYR. We're gonna do something real cool for franchises and groups out there. Agreed, thank you so much. Feel free to check out WISC.ai for more resources and schedule a demo with one of our product specialists to see if it's a fit for you.